0: Hello friends and welcome to another Ask Zach. Today we are going to talk about Frank Ricard. We're going to give a little history, a little bit of a a lesson. I'm going to show you how to play that intro uh, to the song Restless, the old uh, Carl Perkins tune that Amy recorded on her uh, live album called Last Date. And really cool lick. And what a great player. Uh, Even though Frank Played in Emmy's Hot Band for twelve years, from seventy-eight to ninety, he's somewhat forgotten because, well, part of it is that you know it's it's tough following James Burton and Albert Lee. It, it just is. Let's just let's just put it out there. And then also, he left the music business in nineteen ninety, went back to school, and became a lawyer, and has been practicing law in uh, the Santa Fe, New Mexico area since the mid nineties. And he still plays, and at times he'll still get out and, uh, you know, play with Emmy whenever uh, she comes through town. He'll uh, sit in some and such. And, uh, yeah, great player, uh, great tone, uh, and, yeah, I just wanted to spotlight him. All right, so while you're thinking about it, if uh, you've been enjoying the show and you haven't subscribed yet, well, please go down in the corner and hit subscribe. If you've already subscribed and you've been enjoying the show, then please support the show because that's what keeps it going. So you can go down in the description and there's tip jar information at askzac.com. There's a merch like this t-shirt. We also have mugs and other doodads. And uh, also there's friends of AskZac, which is a way to support me on a monthly basis. And I, I am super appreciative of the guys that have, uh, that have done that. So thank you. All right. Frank Ricard, uh, so born in uh, Southern California and, uh, you know, was not of large stature. Uh, and, and I say that only because, uh, in, in an interview, he stated that the fact that he did not have big hands kind of helped his technique in that he didn't have that bad habit of wrapping his thumb over the top of the neck. And, uh, you know, so he always had his thumb behind the neck and used all of his fingers. You know, a lot of us guitar players don't use the pinky much. Well, he had to. And he was, uh, you know, learned classical guitar and jazz guitar and also, you know, was kind of uh, playing country music and just kind of became more and more versed and well-known gigging in that area to the point of getting an audition with Bob Dylan. And this was going to be his kind of Vegas show band I think it was around 78 or so and uh, he ended up not getting the gig but then he ended up auditioning for Emmylou Harris and got the gig in the hot band and just to give you a little bit of background of course the first guitar player in the hot band was James Burton and James Burton was there because he had played on the Graham Parsons stuff that where Emmy was the duet vocalist with Graham Then when Emmy got her deal with Warner Reprise, uh, she used some of those same guys that played on the Graham sessions. And then when she went out on the road, she wanted to have a hot band and uh, she took out a loan so that she could pay James Burton to uh, tour with her. Of course, James's main gig was playing with Elvis and they would book Emmy's tour around Elvis's schedule so that she could have James Burton. That's how important having James. Now also Glendy Harden Hardin uh, was also in Elvis's band at the time. So I guess it was around his schedule too. And Emory Gordy, who was a bass player, uh, he had played with Elvis, but wasn't with Elvis at the time. So that all went fine until Elvis added some dates. That conflicted with Emmy Lou dates and uh Bob Warford filled in some. Uh of course, Bob Warford was the second, you know, I guess the second B bender guy. He was one of Clarence White's buddies. And uh if you want to find out about him and his guitar, there's an article on askzack.com, including the blueprints to his uh uh B bender guitar, which is like the second guitar with a B bender. Uh but then uh and Albert Lee filled in some, and then James said he couldn't, uh, couldn't come back. He had to leave Emmylou. And so that's when, uh, Albert came in and Albert was just kind of supposed to be a temporary thing because Albert had a solo deal with a and records and was supposed to be making a solo album. Well, of course he stopped making the solo record and was working with Amy Lou for a while. And then A&M kind of said, Hey, you need to finish this record. You need to turn it in. So he finished the record with the hot band and the album was called hiding. And it's a fantastic album. It, some of the tracks were recorded pre hot band. And then some of them are with the hot band with the, of course, the standout track is his version of country boy, which is, of course he had recorded it with head, hands, and feet. But then uh, this version with the Hot Band was just ridiculously good, and it's kind of the blueprint by which Ricky Skaggs went by when he recorded his version. And it's a ridiculously good um, uh, version of Country Boy. All right, so there you have Albert Lee leaving the Hot Band, supposedly to uh, to you know support a, a solo record. But then not long after that, he gets offered the gig with with uh, Eric Clapton. And instead of riding in a van trying to uh you know break out as a solo artist, he continues to be a sideman you know with uh Clapton uh, and he has featured some. He's not just playing rhythm guitar for Eric, but uh anyway, so that's kind of what what was happening and then Frank uh auditions and gets the gig uh with the hot band and kind of unenviable in that uh it's it's tough following uh James Burton and Albert Lee. Uh, though I think Frank did an uh, amazing job. I think also Amy's career had changed some too. And some of her, you know, she wasn't, uh, she wasn't new anymore. So, uh, yeah. So he played with her all through, uh, the, uh, the nine, the, sorry, the late seventies and uh, and eighties also did some other sessions like for Rodney Crowell and Roseanne Cash and, uh, just played great guitar I, one of the unique things about him was he didn't play a Telecaster; he played a double cutaway Les Paul TV, and it had a B bender on it. His B bender was uh, was a Sully steel, and so it was this you know system of cranks and such that were on the back of the guitar, and of course it had the, a hub behind the wraparound tailpiece, and uh, and that's that's what he used with Emmylou. Uh, and, and he sounded phenomenal, uh, that, uh, that Les Paul TV guitar with a B bender on it and a single P90 just sounded so, so fat. Also, he used much bigger strings than Albert and uh, James Burton, you know, they were using kind of eights or nines and he used tens. And in fact, the tens that he used were, uh, D'Addario half wound. So the, the low strings were kind of halfway in between flat wounds and, and, and round wounds. And, um, Yeah he just got a big big fat sound. So uh let me uh kind of pull some of the uh albums. So this is Evangeline and uh this is a kind of an odd album. It's uh, it's a bunch of uh, like leftover tracks from the failed trio album. They uh Emmy and uh, Linda Ronstadt and Dolly tried to cut a uh, trio album in the uh, 70s and they uh they weren't happy with it, and so they shelved it. And the tracks all ended up being released on uh, their, their different solo records. And so Evangeline has some of that. It has, uh, has Mr. Sandman, and it has them doing Evangeline and such. But as far as Frank Ricard, uh, he does a really good job on I Don't Have to Crawl, and then also on Bad Moon Rising. Then you have Cimarron. Which Frank is all over this one, and his kind of showcase, you know, tune off of this would be "Born to Run," and uh, a Paul Kennerly tune, and he and Steve Fishel, uh trade off. Steve Fischl's playing "Wise and Born," and Frank's, of course, playing uh, the Les Paul TV. Uh, this is the this is the album for Frank. Uh, this is "Last Date," which is Lou's live album that she released in uh, '82. And uh, it's fantastic. Uh, you know, this was kind of the hot band Mark II. Uh, all of the original guys were gone, except for Frank, uh, except for John Ware, the drummer. But uh, this was a, a great band, and uh, and Restless, which I played, of course, the intro uh, at the beginning of the tune. That's kind of Frank's tune, just like uh, you know, James Burton had Ooh Las Vegas that was his kind of signature tune with Emmy and Albert Lee had luxury liner Well, Frank had restless and he really did a a fantastic job on that. And this is the one to hear. Of course, I'm going to create a a Spotify playlist and the it'll, you know, the link will be in the description. So this, this is fantastic. This is, uh, and, and one of the funny things, I guess we'll talk a little bit about gear. So on the back of the album, you can see his pedal board, which was quite sizable. And, uh, And how that happened was that, uh, you know, Frank would add a piece as it was needed, as it was used by either he or James or Albert on some track he would keep. And so stuff kept getting added to his board, not out of wanting to have a big pedal board, but he was just trying to be, to faithfully reproduce the sounds that were on the album. So he ended up with, let's see here. He ended up with an Edwards volume pedal that had a, a, the light beam volume pedal He had a MXR phase 90, he had an Ibanez analog delay, a Mutron biphase, which was because of the the track, I I Don't Have to, uh, yeah, I Don't Have to Crawl, uh, which is a Rodney Crowell tune and that's on the Evangeline album, and if you hear that track, you can hear the, the heavy phase on there. And then a Mutron octave divider because of Rose of Cimarron, which sounds like it's electric guitar and uh, Fender Bass-6 playing together, but he would use that to uh, reproduce it live. And he used a Silver Face Twin with JBLs. Uh, and again, he used those uh, 10 through 46 half-wound diadarios and used a Herco heavy pick. And uh, that was kind of his gear. His uh, Les Paul with the Bender uh, got stolen. And then much later, I think it got returned. He ended up uh, playing an Ernie Ball silhouette later on that had a, uh, a glazer b bender on it. And, uh, then of course, you know, in 90, uh, Emmylou disbanded the hot band. It had kind of run its course and, uh, she was kind of being ignored by country radio by that point. So, uh, she disbanded the group. I think she was also having vocal trouble and having a hard time, uh, overcoming the, uh, the loud hot band, which they were, uh, Pretty loud, uh, forceful unit, uh, always was. And then she ended up forming the Nash Ramblers, which was kind of her bluegrass group that had Sam Bush and Al Perkins and uh, John Randall and others in it. That was a a great, great band, Roy Husky Jr. So uh, Frank was kind of left with, um, do I go find a gig with somebody else? It's like, who's he going to go play with? I mean, he's already played with Lou Harris. And then he's kind of, you know, shut down the hot van. It's like, what are you going to do? So he decided to go back to school, and first he got his degree, and then he went to law school, and he started practicing law. So by the mid-90s, he was practicing law in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And uh, I've heard various stories, whether it was water rights or uh, Native American, I'm I'm not exactly sure, but he's been... uh, practicing law in the Santa Fe area since the uh, the mid-90s. And like I said before, he'll still go out and sit in with uh Emmy Lou when she's in town. And uh then of course he's still done some other playing and some custom projects. Uh yeah, what a great player. I think one of the things about him, and this was told to me by Mike Bowden who was the bass player in the hot band throughout the 80s. He replaced Emery Gordy. He told me just how versatile uh, Frank was and is just how he was more versatile than Albert Lee or James Burton that those guys were kind of stylists but uh, you know Frank was more of an all-around guitar player being able to play classical or blues or or jazz standards and such and then uh, Steve Fischel, who was the steel player in the hot band also you know echoed that uh, Frank was a, a great player I did get to see Frank play with the Hot Band. In uh, in the '90s, they did a, a kind of a reunion show for um, for the for the Mangler. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, the Mangler was uh, was Emmylou's road manager, and uh, he got uh, he had cancer, and they did a benefit show for him, and it was called Mangler Dash and it was at, held at the Ryman and I I went and saw the show and and so they had Steve Fischl and some of the kind of 70s and a mixture of 70s and 80s hot band guys came out and played and uh, Frank was there and he had his uh Music Man Silhouette guitar blue one with the uh, with the Glazer bender and he played fantastic guitar and Steve Fischl kind of joked about it afterwards and that he felt like uh, Frank had to uh you know, prove that he could still play, and he certainly could. He played uh, fantastic, and uh, it was it was, a, it was a great show. All right, well, let's uh, let's do a little a little lesson on the uh, what I played at the beginning, which was of course the tune "Restless," which is a Carl Perkins song. And uh, I love the the way they did the intro because the, the way they did it was the song's in the key of E. But the intro starts in A, and then it goes to the E chord, and then it goes to F sharp major, which is the two, and then it goes to the five, which is B, and then back to the one E. And so when you first, when you hear the song, you're you're kind of left wondering, okay, what key is this song in? And it isn't until you get the two, five, one, that you kind of realize, oh, we're in the key of E. And Frank plays a really cool, you know, part, and I really like what he played over the E the, over the E chord because it, well, he starts off in A doing this, you know, normal kind of uh, you know sixth thing. Then he plays this, which is like, it, basically, it's an E seven chord. plays this hard to play 16th note thing where he's playing over the two, five, and getting, getting back to the one. And so you have this F sharp. <laughs> then you go back to the, back to E, and you get this really cool decendalic and again slower <laughs> you know, descending like a really great intro, uh, really great arrangement. Uh, again, you know, starting on the, on the four chord, you know, going back to the one and the two, and the five and, uh, and that 16th note thing's hard to play. So yeah. Yeah. So yeah, please listen to the, uh, you know, the Spotify playlist and really kind of get a, uh, uh, a real, you know, you know, kind of take in what, what Frank Ricard, uh, was doing. And, uh, yeah, you know, he played on, uh, you know, like Driving Wheel off the White Shoes album. And uh, there's Mystery Train off 13. He played, you know, all sorts of great, you know, guitar solos. And, uh, yeah, such a great player. So just a little spotlight on him. And I hope you've enjoyed it, our mini lesson. And, uh, again, I want to thank everyone that has supported me uh, through Friends of Ask Zach, through the tip jar, through buying merch. I'm really appreciative. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Ask Zach podcast. If you want to dive deeper,